Insights episode 10. So we got into double figures. So we are here. Um, very special guest. So we've got Adam Weeks here. I'd like to obviously navigate the conversation as I normally do, but I think it'd be great, Adam, if you could briefly introduce yourself so that yeah. people know you and your, your expertise and, and why you're going to bring so much value today. That's a, that's a big intro to follow <laughs> on from. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, my name is Adam Weeks. Um, I currently work for a company called Big Tin Can, they're mm -hmm. a sales enablement company. Um, I've been in SaaS sales for almost 10 years now. Um, and, but prior to that, I was actually in the, in the British army for, for seven years. That's so cool, yeah. it's a bit of a, bit of a difference from one extreme to the other. Um, and yeah, just selling into marketing departments, sales leaders, marketing leaders, that, that sort of thing. Uh, and once upon a time, it decision makers. So yeah, been Very a bit, been across all the functions almost, you could say. Depth of knowledge. So, um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you initially, so obviously yeah. being regional sales manager I think it is for, yeah. for Big Tin Can and we're talking today about technology and how it helps alignment between sales and marketing yeah. from your perspective as a sales leader what frustrations have you had in the past between sales and marketing not being aligned where do you want to start <laughs> um, <laughs> there's been plenty but I think for most people thinking like in the roles that I've been in before is you get told that we've got all this content that's available for you to use and it's like well where is it mm. and how do i know that's the right type of content to use for that sales scenario it could be the right one but no one's telling me that mm -hmm. and i don't have any analytics to back that up that that is the right type of content you should use to help facilitate that conversation so mm. you end up just guessing and well that's the worst thing you can do right mm. so i think that in itself has been a huge problem in the past for me um, as a seller, as somebody who's moved into management roles, it's like, how do I know what my team is using? Mm. And is it actually helping facilitate the buyer's journey mm. or hindering it is, is another uh, issue as well. So I think not having sort of the visibility on what marketing are doing mm -hmm. and, and helping the sales team, it's you then go against marketing saying, oh, you're not doing this. And they're like, well, we are, it's over here. And there's that, that clash all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Mm, I echo that. Yeah. Because we, we've spoken, Joe, before about sales and marketing not being online, but we've yeah. not dived into specifically where technology helps. So, I mean, from mm. like a, an overall point of view, where does technology come into that to, to assist? Um, well, technology can help in many different ways. Like, for example, tracking the engagement on content, mm -hmm. um, not, not, not just from a, a prospect's perspective, but the actual sales rep or the account manager or the partner mm -hmm. that you have in your channel network to help you sell so if you don't understand that what's being used then we well, need to go and find technology that will help you do that um sales enablement buddy um so but that that type of technology will end up giving you the insights that you need that will, will help all different job functions across the business mm -hmm. it's not just the salespeople like we could be here for all day because there's more than one job function that sees a benefit. And um, what I seen today uh, in the meeting I had was just blow, blow my mind that the analytics you can get from these type of things. So yeah. Yeah, elaborate. Yeah, what specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like, for example, with the technology, the way it's advancing now is that you can actually start to see ROI off the back of not just a PDF, but 
that one specific page in the PDF. Mm. So if there's a lot of prospects that are spending, for example, um, we have like this leverage your ecosystem slide. Well, we can see how many people are visiting that slide, how long they're spent on it. Is that helping facilitate conversations outside of um, you know my world? And is that having conversations inside of the inside of the business? So mm. I can see all of that, but I can also see what my team are using. Mm. So then I can transfer that knowledge to a new hire that comes on board. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different ways that you can use the, the analytics and the technology through sales enablement. It's, it is literally transformational if you get it right in the business. Why are people not doing it then? Because they're afraid of change. They know what they know. They use SharePoint. And mm. SharePoint is like, wow, you know, it's great for a dump in content. Mm. But if it's not set up correctly, and nine times out of 10, it's not. It's just a massive bunch of folders that just sit there doing nothing. You you, you don't know where things are. Mm. If, if you think about the businesses that have masses amounts of port, uh, uh, products in their portfolio, for example, it is impossible to remember all of the content yeah. that links to all of the products and how it uh, helps that client mm-hmm. in that area. Let's use... Honeywell as an example, their portfolio of products is probably well in the thousands. Mm. Now, if you've got a te- technical sales rep on the road who uh, has a relatable problem, but then you had a piece of technology that allowed them to search for that problem mm-hmm. and it showed all of the, the content, but not only that, the most effective content that marketing has managed to see that visibility that has helped convert <clears throat> then you're going to distribute that particular content, right? Mm. And then it also helps marketing then build more content similar to that piece of content, but different. Yep. It enables them to grow stronger and make sure they're distributing the right content that ends up then converting. Mm. So, you know, they're, I mean, Honeywell's just probably one example of a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably loads. Yeah, 100%. And, and to give some examples, Adam, in one of your recent posts, just to reel off a couple of stats, which I think would be great for everyone to understand. So mm. you say sales and marketing alignment can help your company become 67% better at closing deals. Yeah. You go on to say 76% of content marketers forget about sales enablement in their marketing efforts. And, and there's an additional stat as well. But I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to, to access those statistics? You know, well, moving into a sales enablement company is very much very easy for me to be able to find that mm-hmm. info because it's promoted to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't access, we'll put it this way. Imagine you're a seller right now today or you're a marketer today. You've just joined a company mm. and they go, right, you've done your onboarding. Now off you go. Yeah. So well, what, what do you mean off I go? What content do I use? Oh, I've got this overview deck that mm. has been three versions behind. Well, when I first joined Big Tin Can, what I was able to do was actually go and see what the top sellers were using. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, okay, well, that guy's closing the, the, those deals. Um, what's, what content is he using? So the system's telling me that. Mm-hmm. So I'm educating myself, on boarding myself a lot faster, but then the system's actually recommending me content, saying, hey, Adam, you're in the sales role. You haven't seen this use case before. Oh, and did you know that there's these statistics that are coming out from Gartner, G2, mm-hmm. you know, HubSpot, that this is what you've experienced in the past. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did experience that in the past. Like 65% of sales content goes unused. Mm-hmm. Marketing didn't think everybody's using it. Unfortunately, you know, Gartner say that they're not. Can you imagine salespeople having that visibility, mm-hmm. but not only that, 
marketing have that visibility to then create similar content and like adam said the first thing he did was was to look at who you know, top sales people are and what they're doing mm. we do that quite in a manual way um, I agree. in the past you know for for us mm. we went and shadowed the top sales guy <laughs> you take right. a bite for a coffee <clears throat> yeah what, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do this. That gives no benefit to no. anybody because that's them and how they do it, right? But you can you can replicate that if you document it. Yeah. But just mm. doing it over a coffee or listening to someone's call isn't helping whatsoever. It's 100%. the bits in the middle. Mm. Yeah. And this is why we're here talking about it yeah, because yeah. people need to know about this. And again, you know, the, yeah. we do these to share this insight. Mm. Um, and... In a lot of companies may even turn their nose up at it because of the affordability. But mm. there are other ways you can do it from a cadence perspective with lower cost platforms. Mm. And then when you reach that stage where you can afford it and you want something even more advanced and provides the insight that these smaller pieces of technology can't, you can then look at that. Yeah. Adam, you referenced <clears throat> when you first started, which I think was roughly two years eight months yeah uh, since you started a big tin can obviously a lot's changed in that time period yeah how would you say the problem has evolved has it got better or, or worse in that time period i think it's it's got worse because of remote working right so people have had to open up maybe platforms they didn't want to in the mm -hmm. past for remote working and you're on your own in your bedroom or your office or whatever you've got you know maybe an outdoor office if you're Mm -hmm. rich enough um but <laughs> you got one no i yeah i sit in my car nine times out of ten yeah um <laughs> but no but it's like you're on your own like it's got worse because you can't sit next to somebody and go oh hey where's that piece of mm. where's that content or i'll drop it on slack but 10 minutes later like you know you're not going to get the answer so if anything it's made it harder for people to onboard themselves get up to speed with what's working what's not working mm. especially if you're using something like confluence or google drive or sharepoint for for example i think with you being at that time when we we're all locked down couldn't get out to see anybody mm. it made it a lot harder for you to understand what i should use but when we've seen people start to embed different types of technology like sales enablement it's just it's almost like took the lid off mm. and gone wow look at all of this mm. and it's been it's been so helpful and hearing customers like you know telling you that this has helped me so much yeah uh, especially the salespeople. you know it's been yeah, it just makes the job a little bit more i wonder how many people sure. actually uh realize that it's what it, the technology is doing is aligning mm. i wonder if how many people actually realize that rather than just feeding their pocket I guess more money. Yeah, I think it's the bigger picture as well, actually, because it's just sparked a thought. Like, um, probably about eighteen months ago, I joined a business um, remotely, completely remotely. I never met anyone within the business, <laughs> yeah. and I was there for. I'll be completely honest. Before going and doing my own thing with what we're doing today, I was there for yeah. four months, and I'm wondering how much this would have helped when I came into the business because it was yeah. always very much like I was on Slack, like you referenced. Like, yeah. Oh, do you have anything that's relevant to this? I've got this scenario with this meeting and stuff like that, and mm. everything just felt a bit disjointed. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just wondering how much that would have hurt. Well, we used to do it at MM. Mm. Like, what experience do we have in? Yeah. And then wait, yeah. wait 10 hours for someone to come back to us. All the Excel spreadsheet. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was like dated back 15 years, yeah. which is useless yeah. information. Yeah. And it didn't even have statistics or anything. And 
And actually, can you imagine if we spoke to marketing once or twice and mm. we could do with something that can uh, help us find this insight and information rather than a, well, it was just basically a shared word file, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that <clears throat> you'd have to send a, an email to like sales at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm speaking to this. Yeah. Speaking to this uh, medical device company, you know, do we have any medical device mm-hmm. customers? <laughs> and uh, has anybody got a presentation on why we can work with medical device mm-hmm. companies? And you just get nothing back. So you're like, okay, well, I'll make this up myself. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when it completely collapses. The, the marketing team have no idea that you're doing that. You could be completely wrong. You could even be using a logo you shouldn't be using. Mm. I've been there. I got told off big time for doing that. Mm. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, it's just... But you're right. There are so many people out there that just don't understand the power of this industry, and it's just growing. Like yeah. there is more and more people coming into it. There's more and more people understanding that it is starting to help us mm. rather than hinder us. Mm. It's just, it's like you know, website tracking mm. back in the day. It was like, ooh, I'm not touching that. Now everyone has it. Mm. <laughs> Great technology. Great yeah, technology. exactly. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this subject earlier when I was doing doing my research and I was thinking about back to like market maker studies or whatever and obviously there's the big emphasis on disc profile and different different mm. types of people and I was thinking how much of that breakdown and communication between marketing and sales is to do with the fact that if you're really stereotypical you're going to say look marketing they're all influencers they like big drawings they like big graphics stuff like yeah. this and then sales people they're very direct and stuff like that and I was thinking how much does that have to play with the breakdown of communication and then it begged the question how much more important does that make technology? Because then yeah. you don't actually have to communicate. No. The technology does it for you. It's, it's called logic now, isn't yeah. it? Like, I think, you know, if the, you bring the intelligence into it and rather than going, oh, that guy's a high eye, so I need to pitch him like this. Well, actually, no, stats don't lie. Mm. If someone yeah. sees stats and you've got access to them statistics, it's fact, it mm. works, it converts. And yeah, it's almost questioning whether... <clears throat> This profiling is even relevant anymore. Mm. Yeah, one of the other subject maybe. Yeah, now you're eliminating <laughs> an entire industry now. Oh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm burning Steve Cash. Yeah. If you ever watch this, I'm not because it, it worked at its time uh, for us. But yeah, wonder if uh, technology is playing a massive part in it now. So. Well, if you can, yeah, I think it almost becomes obsolete in some areas. Mm. Obviously, you've always got to judge the room right with who you're speaking to. Yeah, yeah, but. If, for example, there's a customer that I have that's um, doing lookalikes. So it's running through its CRM data, seeing what content was sent to that prospect at each sales cycle, each sales stage, should I say, and going, right, okay, what other lookalike companies Mm. and job roles can we target with the same content? Mm. And their pipeline generation has just exploded because they're using the same messaging, the same type of content to the same type of relevant people with through all of their SDRs and their AEs and they're just having better and more informed conversations. Mm. And they're only able to do that because of the data and the analytics that's being tracked through a system like what Big Tin Can has. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, you say the stats make it um, irrelevant, Joe, and to, to read out another stat which you, you kindly sent over. So you were saying the average B2B marketing team spends 10 sorry of 10 spends 14,000 hours a year or equivalent of 155 entire days creating collateral but 85% of that collateral is never used you're a CEO 
Mm-hmm. If I'm a salesperson, I'm coming, I'm telling you that, and I'm saying, look, sales enablement can change that. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, I might need a loan, but <laughs> <laughs> for, for a big team can at the moment. Um, but Do yes, absolutely. It's Look, you know, as a CEO, you have to do things in the stages, certainly mm. at our stage of life that we've been running. But it's there in the plan. Mm. And if you know about it, you know the impact of it, and you get to a point where it's then, okay, this now aligns with our budgets, mm. then that we're going to do it. But how angry would that make you knowing that, so you, you're obviously paying your marketing team X amount, mm. and yeah. essentially 85% of what they're doing is, is being made worthless. No, for us it's different because we understand the value in the content. So we actually have which we never had mm. marketing and sales new business team even mm. our sdrs meet who represent kurdos and we run through the mm. the next two weeks of content and what it answers within terms of pain point what what it can do for the industry types that we're speaking to how they can distribute it mm. if they and then we we also reveal five pain points that we are we are addressing over that two weeks. So if one of our team hears that pain point, that they will have it on their their notes mm. on their screen, that will tell them the five pain points that we can tag them in that particular post. Mm. So you'll now start to notice that my you know Mikey, who represents us from an SDR perspective and and sales actually, Malcolm and myself, obviously sit a lot of the meetings still. But you'll notice that we start to either share that content with them after that call mm. or even whilst we're on the call mm. and ta- maybe even tag them and say, hey, you know, Jeff, this was what I was referring to. Mm. And and that communication is our alignment yeah. within our affordability right mm. now. Mm. But it's because I care and I understand it. But there are a lot of companies who can afford that technology yeah. but aren't aware of the benefits of it. Mm. And I mean, I'm talking about companies that have been running for 10 years who have a piece of technology have only just starting to become aligned with their marketing team. Mm. Well, I've been doing it since day dot. Mm. So my my team's already aligned, but I have a manual process at the moment, which we slightly automate. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are some automation in there to, to control that alignment and help with that, that, um, I guess, reducing the, uh, the, the productivity side of things. Mm. But until we can afford a technology like Big Ten Can, obviously we need to do it from a slightly more manual perspective, but that statistic wouldn't reflect me Mm. at all Mm. because I care about it. I understand Mm. the importance of it. And that's why I've invited Adam on to talk about how technology can can really reduce that that Mm. statistic. Yeah, that's a really good point. And actually it's a good point because Adam, let's say you have a business, you sit down with them, and they just can't afford the, the solution. Yeah. A little bit similar to what Joe's just explained with his process, what would be your honest recommendation for them to, to get the best out of their, their alignment without potentially investing? Mm. Yeah, I think like if you're, you're trying to grow and you're, you know, there is content everywhere, then there just unfortunately needs to be that bit more manual process in place. And <clears throat> having sort of marketing involved as heavily as possible without getting in the way of the sales the sales team but i think it will get to a point where 
technology will become available to companies of all shapes and sizes at some point. But if you're really struggling right now to really understand, it's just a case of mm. think just slowing down the content creation, mm. taking a step back and thinking, well, what have we got right now? You know, when was the last time that was sent out to somebody? You know, are we putting it through HubSpot or are we putting it through this type of platform? When would that last time that go out? And just taking check of like what is actually being used and what's not. Mm. And let's say, for example, I spoke to a company pretty much that was this morning. There's only three of them, financial services company. And it was like, if, to be honest with you, um, go through your content and say, if I deleted that today, would I miss it tomorrow? Mm. And if it's, you wouldn't miss it tomorrow, then why have you got it? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll do this with Alex. Yeah. So we have a session once a quarter where she was, I, she would have already identified and prepared mm. irrelevant content. And so, and she would almost put it on the screen and go, do you guys use this? Ask why not? Delete. Mm. Yeah. Do we use this? Yes. Okay, I'm going to create a new version of it yeah. that can speak to the audience in a different way, change the language. Great. On to the next. So, like Adam says, there's a way, technology can cut that even down a little bit more. But again, for a company of our size, mm. that manual side of things, again, we're taking it, we're important. But for companies out there who might be watching it, who can't afford, big thing can, you know, but they need to process these little things and tips that we're giving now mm. could help you just get to that stage one day. I think that's a great piece of advice, but again, I'm kind of putting like a, a business owner's hat on it. And it's like, how how <laughs> yeah. hard is it to delete content that potentially you've spent weeks, months on, and you just say, look, if you can't use it today, just get rid of it. How how hard is that? It's not a lot of the, the weeks and days content. I would say that a lot of the content, for example, we had a statistic from one of our clients. We then interviewed that client we had five questions with that client, transformed it into PDF, less than four hours when you time it. That's brilliant because that's a reference. Mm. Then if you've got uh, industry-specific content or maybe answering the pain point, because a lot of people who we're targeting, manufacturing, engineering industry, mm. they're talking a lot about the fact that government have said, cut down your costs. Mm. A lot of our content over the next two weeks is going to be rinsing the government for that. Um, and, and really kind of telling them the people as to why they shouldn't, um, but in a way that they can understand the, the benefits of continuing to do that, regardless of whether it's with us or not. We don't really talk about us and our content. We talk about why they shouldn't and what they should focus in. We don't do digital marketing for our clients. Mm. But some of our content recently has been about that because it's relevant to answering people's pain points and it's providing free knowledge and insight. That's what our content's all about. It's a bit different for other companies who mm. are selling products. I get that. Or maybe even a SaaS product. But for, for us in particular, it's, yeah, it's, it's never weeks on our content, mm. I think, really. I think as well, if you're, it's just taking an idea of what content was being used across the last 10 sales. Mm. Absolutely. And then saying, okay, well, this content has helped close that particular business as a new customer. What other lookalikes can we find using the same piece of content? Mm. And that's what I was referring to earlier, where mm. that customer of mine is is doing exactly that, but they know the content and there's, they've got analytics and data so they can pull it up straight away. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a bit more manual process, but it will save you hours and possibly a lot of money if instead of going out and going, oh, I need to redo that. 
let's just get rid of it well actually you can quite easily use that over and over and over again mm. yeah if you're going after all of their competitors for example yeah it's yeah it's it's something that you know if i started a company tomorrow you would need to start taking check of that and so sure. start using that across lookalike companies really important mm. yeah super important and i asked you adam say if i was a small business and i didn't have the uh the budget to put into it let's say i'm your ideal customer right now i've got the budget yeah. and uh you're selling to me why should i why should i invest in uh in big tin can why should you invest in big tin can um yeah good question and you put me on the spot there am i joking um, <laughs> no there well you know what is the pain that you're trying to overcome is it a case of you're trying to empower your sales reps with better content in front of prospects to help close deals quicker brilliant well it can do that are you trying to understand what content is being consumed by the sales reps can you so you can make more of that and make mm -hmm. it better there's another benefit why you should mm -hmm. actually are we missing content so we all talk about we need to create more and more and more content for all these different sales scenarios but you actually are missing content so for example, we ran a, um, in the analytics in the back end of our solution, a company in the US is missing a, roughly around $14 million worth of content because that's pipeline they've got in their CRM that has no aligned content to that uh, amount, of, amount mm. of pipeline. Never thought so, about it that way. So if you can imagine, oh yeah, we have all the content in the world. I hear all the time, we have, we have all the content. It's all structured in SharePoint, that's great. But you actually might be missing content that could, could have gone and closed that million dollar deal. That your competitor has because they does, have sales how does it do that so because obviously this is new to me yeah so it's all about so the crm data that's being pulled and from so all the data that's being pulled from the crm it gets loaded into the back end of our analytics machine and it literally tracks all the content that's being sent to those particular prospects and at what sales stage the prospects are at so if it goes through another sales stage this is some other content and what will happen is is that it knows what content has been told by the marketing team this is what we've got but then if there's another opportunity in an industry and there's no content that's been aligned with that industry or that business size because it's taken the field information from the crm well then there's nothing there so if i go on to a discovery call or i'm going into I don't know, a demo whatever mm. the next sales stage is and i'm going where's the content well in the telco industry they've got loads for every sales stage actually there's nothing in here mm. so there immediately marketing can say right well we don't have content there we mm. need to start creating something to help fill those gaps and when you start showing that to people they're like wow mm. so you're almost identifying the stage that you lose people mm -hmm. as well so you're almost saying that there could be essentially a gap here in your content yeah because that's the point you're losing them mm -hmm. and that's what big team can does yeah and you can even track back to all the closed loss deals so that you've that you've lost mm. why did we lose that well see there's other variables sure, outside yeah, of the yeah. platform right but there is ways and means that we can use the system to collect that information and say well you lost this amount of deals because there's this type this con there's no content here mm. so actually <clears throat> if you go back through that and let's say you had content that filled that role and your close rate was at 30% or whatever it might be, 10%, you would have had X amount of dollar mm. in, you know, of revenue on top. Yeah. I'm now thinking, how can I do that from a <laughs> manual perspective? <laughs> I'm going to be reviewing my data. I'm going to be reviewing my CRM going, wow, okay. 
that's where I'm losing people. What content am I not distributing at that point? Why is it not resonating? I might even call people up and say, what content would have made it different for you? What would you need to see at that point to obviously change your mind? I think, uh, but obviously having a piece of technology doing it for you, telling you that, uh, that's, uh, I didn't know that. that is, taps into uh, what you just said, actually taps into the last kind of point, which is obviously productivity. So, yeah, so mm -hmm. how valuable is it within the area of productivity? Your productivity goes through the roof when you start using an enablement tool. I remember like even before I joined Big Ten Can, it was very much send this piece of content out via an email, go into the CRM, update the CRM. What did I say? I can't remember. What did I send? Oh, have a look over here. I'm, I'm slowing down, right? Mm. It's becoming too much of a manual process. Imagine you're able to send the email that was in the body of the email, the content, who it was to, that you can associate it to an opportunity in your CRM if it's there. If it's not, it'll go against the lead and it automatically updates the CRM for you. So like when I'm sending out content to any of my prospects, it's always from the solution because I don't have to go and update the CRM. Mm. And then as a, as a manager, I can run a report inside of the CRM and say, oh, okay, well, Jack is in these opportunities. He sent this content. Okay, well, he's got this in commit. Well, actually, why is that in commit? They're not opened up the content. They're not engaging. That needs to get out. Mm. So as a me forecasting, the system like an enablement tool can help me forecast better and qualify out. Yeah. 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 So, or, you know, <clears throat> Eva's got this amount of pipeline. It's not in commit yet. It's in best case. Well, they're all engaged. Mm. You know, they're reading everything that she sends to them. It's all being tracked back to the CRM. And I can say, well, maybe these are a bit more hotter than we actually think they are. Yeah. Um, so, and the best thing about it to align sales and marketing about this whole topic is then marketing can go in there and go, oh, wow, we just won that manufacturing company and here's all the content that Eva sent to them or Jack sent to them and we can now take that content and build on it. Mm. It's just insane, isn't so it? So it's now sales and marketing are starting to work together because then all of a sudden, oh, Adam, there's a new piece of content that's come in. Yeah. Use this for a manufacturing company that you're speaking to a marketing director. Yeah, so it's like that instant gratification you don't it's need the email from circle. the sales team so oh really well done this bit of content it helped with this deal they can just go in there yeah. and see it they don't even have to speak to me i know they <laughs> i know they like speaking to me <laughs> see, but yeah i'm like i sit here daily and obviously i've reviewed pieces of technology um when i think it sounds interesting i never mm. show intent necessarily and that's a problem a lot of companies are doing they, yeah I'm one in the, I'm one of their 20 prospects before they close <laughs> one. But um, I always sit there and think, hearing what we've just shared yeah. about Big Tin Can, it makes me scared to invest in a piece of technology that I could afford, but then it, for then something absolutely unbelievable to come in. It's almost you start to think, what's next? Mm. What next is someone going to think of mm -hmm. that can then, uh, almost then you're, you're in a position where, oh crap, I've got an old piece of technology. And that's now hindering me because there's this new piece of technology that my competitors now got and I'm missing out on this insight. And I know that companies do advance themselves, yeah. invest heavily in that, I guess, that um, investigation period of, what, okay, what's next? And they're constantly mm. wanting to invest in, in that kind of recon stuff. But, like, yeah, I just it makes me slightly nervous. Mm. We're always trying to advance our processes, our strategy, but through technology as well. But then it's almost like you get a bit nervous investing in a piece of technology to get to the next stage and then a new piece come in and then you've got to invest in that. And 
Sure, it's then, a common objection that, that you hear. Well, so. the thing is, it's then a case of, it's not a case I'm selling you this piece of software. I'm trying to build a, a relationship with you. And, and we're not talking of like, you know, here's a piece of software, see you in 12 months. It's like, here's a roadmap. This is where we're going. You're coming mm. with us on that journey. That's good. And this is where we see the technology going. And this is where we see the industry going. So you're now at a stage now where it's like, yeah, okay, well, we've got the CRM integration. Well, what's next? Well, I'll tell you what's next. Recommend the content. Let's move your C players up into B players. You're going to get that. That's for you. And move those B players up into A players because the system is telling them what content they should use in mm. the sales scenario without even thinking. Mm. Right? And, it's, and I appreciate what you're saying. It's like, do we I think do invest yeah. into that? Obviously, big, big thing can provide a platform for businesses that can, you know, turn over millions, right? And it's and it's a case of that for the smaller companies, because a lot, I do get, we get a lot of feedback from, you know, some big companies as well on these yeah. insights uh, sessions. But I think it's important for us to know as well as we, if we invest in something smaller that don't have them roadmaps, because that's that's brilliant for me. Mm. I think that's second mm. to none. your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, second to yeah. none content. <laughs> yeah, I am a bit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've learned before I'm sharing this podcast, but but I feel like having that roadmap, whereas the smaller companies that have the smaller technology will not have that roadmap. No, they won't. But I guess it's then for you to do your due diligence mm. and finding out, getting to know the people. Like for for me, if if I could. The way I position some of the way mm. that big t some of the products that Big Ten can can offer, and by the way, it's for, it is for everybody. Like mm. you don't have to be a, a hundred million, one billion, yeah, you know, yeah. must company to turn over to use a software. You know, most people can, you know, will be able to use it. Mm. But the way I think about it is just a <laughs> little pitch there. <laughs> uh, come, come see me at the end of the month. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Malcolm would um, have my. I've got yeah. a yeah. I've got a recruitment discount. I'm joking. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, I think, you know, when you talk about companies that don't have that roadmap, okay, well, if they don't have the roadmap, can, like, how closely can I get to the owners of the business? Mm -hmm. Are they one of those closed companies that, you know, don't allow you to connect with the CEO, don't ever pass you their phone number and say, have a chat? You know, for us, it's very much about that relationship building. So if you don't have something today, you know, talk to the management, mm. yeah. open the door up you know, jump on a call. I know you do it, you know, get on a call with a customer. Yeah. You know, you get access to everybody. And, you know, if you're sat over thinking, talking to a company that isn't going to put their neck on the line and say, you know, look, we want to partner with you. It's all about partnerships. Yeah. Mm. You can't just flog software anymore no. because people just won't buy it. Mm. Um, and I hate- refer to on most yeah. podcasts. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's just, it's all about relationships. And you see it so much on LinkedIn, people talking about relationships. And um, I think if you can't, if you can't build that with your customers and prospects, then yeah. you're in for a, a tough, tough gig. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, maybe catch me next year because Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm's already got me nuts. And <laughs> yeah. I did see that because I was watching a video, I think it's 1 minute 30 on your website and I think it says that you can kind of almost mould the tool around your requirements. So essentially yeah. what you're saying is it's not one size fits all. It is very oh. much malleable to, to your requirements, which yeah. I think is important to get out there. Yeah, because the, here's the problem with a lot of companies. They have what we call a cookie cutter approach. Now for 
a piece of software that fits Joe's business isn't going to fit your business. Mm. Um, the same technology isn't going to work for the company across the road or your mm. competitor, right? Mm. Your direct competitor. It's not going to work for them. So the way we approach it is, well, we mold it around you. Rather mm. than you fitting into our box, we'll build a box around you mm. as a company because your requirements and use cases are completely different. And if you're going out there and going, oh yeah, I'll have that piece of software that is the same version, same lookalike as everybody else's, your adoption levels are going to potentially be hindered mm. and people won't want to use it. And it might even fit the use cases in six months' time because the bills, as you mentioned earlier, the businesses evolve, right? Yeah. But if you can evolve a piece of technology with the business, well, the customer's going to be happier and they're going to be happy to renew. Sure. Right? So, and this is the issue that a lot of companies right now just don't, they're like, here's software, see you later, bye. Yeah. How much shelf life do you think they've got left? World's changing all the time, right? So it could be, I don't know, I wouldn't want to put a number on it or a timeline, but those type of companies, if they don't evolve with the way that the market goes and don't listen to the markets that they're in, they're just going to be a dinosaur, unfortunately. We've seen it time and time in, telemarketing agencies have gone, right? They didn't evolve with the time. Mm. Um, and that's and, just even strategy. That's not yeah. necessarily to do with technology. No, it's not. It's the people, are, everyone needs to work together. Mm. Sales and marketing alignment, right? But also it's business alignment. If everybody yeah. needs to evolve together, you know, it's it just won't work out, mm. unfortunately. So yeah, that's my sort of, opinion on, on, no, on no, software just... but like you meant you know in that video it says like you know let's build it around mm-hmm. you if you can't have you can't work with a company that just goes okay here's one solution and it fits everybody mm. you know if you're working with coca-cola and then next minute you're working with a technology company are they the same company no do they sell the same way no mm. so how does the software fit both businesses yeah. it right in some cases it will for those that are probably going adam shut up of course it will <laughs> but in most cases it won't mm. Unfortunately, you know, and that's just just the way it is. Yeah, I have one final question for you, Adam. Actually, yeah. so a lot of what we've spoken about today has kind of been hypothetical scenarios with X business and Y business. Yeah. What examples do you have of a real success story with with Big Tin Can personally? Uh, well, I don't know if I can name drop all of them, but let's say they're a medical device company. Um, they're growing rapidly could IPO in the next coming months their route to market was hindered because they couldn't get the right training material and market material to all of their partners so they were selling via partners as they're go to market as they're mm-hmm. building their sales mm-hmm. team for them it was a struggle it was slow process everything had to be updated manually they had 500 partners so that's a lot of manual process we showed them how Big Ten Can can help enforce their partners, empower them. The marketing person come in and update one deck for 500 people like that. And seeing them now grow, they have over what 2,000 partners, 300 salespeople internally mm. using the system. They've reduced their onboarding time from nine months down to three. Mm. Their content is, they're using ROI on the content now so they can attribute every single piece of content they've got. And that was a post I put up on LinkedIn only recently, mm. you know, hearing the feedback that they've got, I was just sat there like, you know, you sit there sometimes, you just smile on your face. You're like, wow, that's impressive. It mm. actually works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, you know, it's, but yeah, it's like, but there's more and more businesses that are just seeing the success from, 
from these tools and listening to us listening to our customers because we get our we have you know get our customers to speak to our prospects to mm. say look you know this does work or this does this will help you um for example there's a manufacturing company a very large one this all the last one i say but they had um 500 sellers in italy hmm. very old school way, way of selling it was paper print right they were printing half a million euros a year on brochures because they had over 1,000 different products that they could sell. So there's a lot of products, a lot of brochures, and for a lot of salespeople. Well, we saved them half a million euros a year by putting all the con paper content into a big tin can. So immediately they saw that money coming back into the business and they were pushing those brochures out through the app. And they had a, what you would call a aging sales force uh, that wasn't cool with technology. But because it was so simple to use and mm. everything was there they didn't have to phone up marketing anymore it was right there in front of them um so i'd say like just hearing the cost saving on print mm. yeah uh, and, and also environmental yeah, costs yeah, yeah, yeah. as well saving the trees um really, you know that's that's great mm -hmm. i think you probably asked me <laughs> to say something in the end but i think the most important thing i'm getting from this and i think that our audience should get from this is the fact that technology helps provide the insight as to what content is helping you sell mm. um but also it helps align the sales and marketing to actually distribute that content to the salespeople, allow salespeople to find it better and that is all things the salespeople, all three of us can agree yeah we have had problems with mm. we've been in scenarios where we needed to relate to a client there and then on the spot haven't been able to do it why one, because there wasn't that communication between the teams. Two, we didn't have the technology to find that content straight away. And even if your content is slim because you don't offer multiple products or multiple services, um, it's still relevant mm. to, to understand, you know, what content is actually working. Mm. Whether you have to do that manually to work that out or not at the moment, technology can help. Maybe it's worth speaking to Adam, you know? Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You are right, though, Joe. I was going to quickly hand things over to yeah. you, as I did last week, and I just wanted to, to see if there's any specific questions you had or anything that you wanted to delve into. No, I, I don't think I, I do. I think that it's important that we are, you know, when we're doing these, to mention that he's all about pushing free advice. This is not lead capture for us. Um, and it would be great to get some feedback actually. So mm. if you are watching these, because I know a few people I've mentioned on my discovery calls, um, give some feedback. It'd be great to hear. Um, but also I think it'd be good for you. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, Adam Weeks 1, I think it is. I've shortened my URL down. And um, But yeah, it's Adam Weeks, uh, adam.weeks at bigtincan.com. That's ES on the end. But Again, if you want to hear more about how enablement helps partner enablement, revenue enablement, sales enablement, but we're happy to let you know. It doesn't work for everybody, I'll be honest. So, you know, we'll, we'll tell you how it can help. And if it aligns, great. If it doesn't, point you in somewhere else's direction. No corny sales pitch then? No, no. Not like the old days then? That's not me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Nice one, guys. Unbelievable episode. And yeah, yeah Adam, great. thanks yeah. for the uh, unique oh, insights. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, for guys. Thanks. Cheers. Oh, 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 oh,